0: Hi, folks, John Carlin here. As many of you know, Cyberspace is a new CAFE podcast that I host every other Friday. Guests who've made a significant impact in the world of cybersecurity join me to explore issues at the intersection of tech, law, and policy. For this week's episode, I speak with Kara Swisher. She's the editor-at-large of Recode, the host of the Recode Decode podcast, and the newly launched Sway podcast from the New York Times, where she is also a contributing opinion writer. We discuss whether November's election is likely to be compromised by foreign cyber influences, what the recent partnership between Oracle and TikTok means for your privacy, and whether Silicon Valley's most powerful technology companies should be broken up. Today, we're sharing a clip from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned with Preet. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com and try out the membership free for two weeks. Interested students with a valid.edu email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who have chosen to join the Insider community, thank you for supporting our work. You know, Big Tech's really changed almost every aspect of our of our lives right now. Yeah. What's your view as someone who's, who's covered this space, met most of these folks in, in person, are the best and brightest in Silicon Valley paying enough attention to protect us against the threats posed by cyber?
1: No, you know I, you know I, <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think they're they're protecting us from anything. They're like they sort of have created, which I call, uh, you know. Uh, a constant purge. Like we live in the city where the purge is taking place and the rest of us sort of wander around getting shot at or shooting at people and there's no government protecting us. And so, you know, they own this city, this internet city essentially. And so not all of them. And, you know, one of the things that's hard to discern is there's no such thing as big tech. They're all very different from each other, right? They're not, Apple is not, Facebook is not, Microsoft is not Google and they all have different elements that we kind of tend to lump them together and some are worse than others. Um, and it depends on the company, what they're doing. But the fact of the matter is they have unlimited access as a group to every person on the planet with these devices that jack into everybody's personal data and systems. And so it creates a situation where there there's nothing but cybersecurity problems. And then it allows, you know, malevolent governments or just any government access to people in ways that were, are unprecedented compared to before.
0: Let me, you said that some were good, some were bad. Name a couple. Who, who do you think are at the top of the list that are good?
1: That is probably a, a loose term. But, you know, there's some that are careless. Like, look, Facebook, I think we can all agree, is the most careless of all these companies. Uh, and I think there's been copious examples, whether it's allowing anti-vaxxers to run rampant or just recently a whistleblower this week talked about how she was making determinations in countries, you know, cutting off different leaders who are trying to abuse the Facebook system or not. So she was essentially a dictator of every country you know, how information was, which is crazy when you think about it, some person in Palo Alto deciding the fate of certain countries. So there's some that are sloppy and, and have sloppy systems that aren't in place or didn't understand the repercussions of how important their communication systems they put in place would be. There are others that are less less used but are still very powerful, like Google or YouTube, who are trying really hard to rein in the impulse, the bad impulses of humanity and the abuse but still, nonetheless, the platforms are built that way to, in order to uh, propagate propaganda or, or hack into systems or just use these services as they were built. A lot of times we worry a lot about hacking as we should, um, but at the same time, some of them are just being used as they're built. And so a lot of the, these malevolent acts, uh, these, these, these people who do them are customers of these companies and just happen to use the systems in ways uh, that are advantageous to whatever they're trying to do. No, that, that's a great
0: point to kind of divvy them up into two two categories, like those that hack and use a product in a way that's against the interest of those that designed it versus they're using it as designed, And we just didn't think of the nefarious use ahead of time. One of the key issues, when I was a government, we were reaching out. We had an active program against the former, in other words, against the hacking. The hacking. Sure. And then with the growth of the Islamic State in particular and the way in which they were good at using social media to gain recruits we started an outreach and it was post snowden and it didn't go well in the beginning to, to put it to put it mildly
1: didn't go well how tell me
0: in other words in the beginning when we were having the discussions there was a lot of skepticism about what government agencies were saying the terrorists were doing with the products and a lot of disbelief, you know, saying my product can never be used this way. Uh, You're just wrong.
1: Well, now look, in that case, there's a lot of things. There's recruiting going on, which you really can't do anything about, can you? Can you stop it? Can you block it or things like that? That's just advertising, right? I hate to say it that way, but that's what it is. Trying to pull people in through videos or, or you know, marketing. Well, if
0: you say can't do anything. I mean, it's there are rules and regs. Like you don't have them advertising on NBC.
1: You got the companies to to limit their advertising. I, 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 that's what it is. Is what recruiting is advertising. And, and so, yes, you can do that. And that's sort of explicit, right? That's the explicit stuff they're doing, whether they're putting up videos that attract young men, typically, I think some women were pulled into it or they're doing, you know, that's explicit what's happening and you can certainly see that, find it and try to eradicate it, right? That's, that's one thing. And then there's the ways of using the communication systems to communicate with each other to commit nefarious acts. And that's a whole nother thing. And that has to do with encryption and fighting that issue, which I think is a tough one, as you you know from the fight with Apple and the FBI or or WhatsApp and encryption there's all kinds of things that that make it very difficult to fight these ability of these people these players to use these systems to hide their activity so what
0: what do you think in terms of where's the relationship now with with government and some of the key tech players there's obviously been a change of administration on the one hand but on the other hand there's also a lot more awareness oh
1: i don't think it matters what administration is there it continues you know what i mean the, the the spying continues no matter who's in place you know look under president obama there was all kinds of stuff going on you know and same thing with george bush and that that sort of operates separate from although you know donald trump is attacking the spy complex but Really? Is he affecting it? Who knows, right? It still keeps, I'm sure it keeps going on, whoever's in office. Um, And it's the question of how much control we have over that. And obviously, I think the, the, the major moment, of course, was, well, two moments. One was the creation of the internet by... Spy agencies, right, really, the Defense Department. Um, Not spies necessarily, but it was a communication system, but it was also, you know, people understood its implications, all kinds of implications. And I think the last thing people understood was its commercial implications, which is where it's become so powerful, right, and made so many people so wealthy. But it was designed as a government communications tool. And so just the existence of it within uh, DARPA was, was the beginning of all this, right? And so then you move to different eras of using all these different tools, whether they be surveillance tools or cameras or tapping into things or, or whatever. And you get to Edward Snowden, which I think is, was the great moment of, I did a pretty long interview with him just recently, where you, where you get to this moment where he reveals just how, how much the government was using these information systems and tapping into them. Um, And I think that was a really problematic moment for the relationship between tech and uh, government, the U.S. government. I think it was a It came at a terrible time because there's a lot that these companies need to do to cooperate with government to, to fend off things like Russian election interference or Iranian grid problems. There's all kinds of things that the tech companies do need to be in touch and in good relationships with the government around right now, of all things TikTok. You know, I don't think they're the biggest threat to our democracy, but okay. There's more important things they need to cooperate on. But I do think the Edward Snowden thing really did put a wrench in that relationship in terms of that the, the, these companies were cooperating with the government, they didn't realize the extent that the government was still going around them in secret ways and manipulating uh, their their businesses.
0: So, do you think it was genuine outrage and surprise and feel of dis, distrust, or
1: some of them? Yes. I think they knew they were there, but I think in a lot of ways there was, there, a lot of them were surprised by the extent of it, the, the tapping into the systems without their knowledge. I, I don't know why they were surprised. I, I agree with you. It's like, are you kidding? Of course the government spies as much. If it gets spy stuff, they're going to spy. And so, um, but I think, yes, I think there was sort of sort of an indignation. Like we, we are willing to go through systems to, but not, around us in the way that you did, that we didn't have knowledge. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of their businesses across the world globally are based on trust on some level that... The spies aren't going to be in there necessarily unless we know about them. And so I do think, yeah, I do think there was a real cut. And then then, then they didn't have the kind of relationship they needed to have as the Russians started to step up their election interference as the Chinese moved in, uh, the Iranians, all kinds of other players started to do different things, ranging from pure hacking to a much more effective way to affect things, which is misinformation and disinformation, which are separate things.
0: It was ironic in a way for a little while. So there was... Somehow, we managed to to lose a war of words and values with Putin's Russia over what's safer. and you and you see them take advantage of it. So you have this lack of trust post snowden and into that void Russia's Russia, China. Lesser extent, Iran, North Korea.
1: Well, you know, Russia's a criminal government. Let's be honest. Like, come on, it's always it has been for a long time. And so, here's the thing: they lo- they lose the Cold War as they should because their their country is inadequate compared to the United States on every level, and lose it lose it rather significantly. But here, they have these tools that aren't quite as expensive as having tanks and missiles and weapon systems and Star Wars, whatever it is. And here they can hit again. And so the, the the tools they're using are inexpensive and effective, which is to create discord here, to create problems, to break NATO, to, you know, they don't need a million tanks on the border. They need disinformation. They need to have, a, well, they have a president who, does, who says bad things about NATO, but to spread sort of information and get support for those ideas. And so, you know, you, they lost the Cold War, but they're winning the information war, which is which is where you can operate in the shadows and you can do in real shadows, right? And so we have not done enough to understand that is the goal is to create, you know, I think people know it now, but is to create discord and questioning of whether it's institutions or flood the zone with all kinds of weird content that is easily shared. I mean, these systems are perfect for propaganda in a way that's, Hard to ferret out and hard to stop once it's out. So, wait, just
0: taking back. You said Russia's winning the information war. Do you think that's true today, or was true?
1: Yes, I do. I don't think we've control of this every day. You know, who knows who's behind? You know, and it's not just Russia. It's everyone who has you know a point of view, like the anti-vaxxers. Right? Uh, they're they're now putting out. I just had some people from the Oxford Internet Institute and others on talking about what the disinformation memes going on now, and a lot of them have to do with if you take the. say here's a good example. You. Take take the flu vaccine, the regular flu vaccine, and you'll get COVID. Like, of course you won't. You need to take the flu vaccine, right? And so they're trying to sort of get this idea to, that you shouldn't be taking any vaccines. And so that's just vaccines. And then there's the QAnon people who, you know, on its face, if you sat down with someone and said, there's a cabal of democratic politicians that are trying to create a child sex ring, people will be like, what? Like, you know what I mean? But it creates this idea of information that gets around and that's a whole nother thing. And then there's the Chinese that are very active, you know, in terms of trying to say that they aren't at fault for this, for for COVID-19. And then you have the Russians trying to create all kinds of content that's confusing around antifa and all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, it just could it go it could go in so many different directions. And so it, as long as you're willing to make a mess, you win in in this environment,
0: and let me you mentioned it in passing, you know, the tick tick and it's an example. Currently, of, there was a move towards what we, we call in government the all-tools approach, which was the idea that you should look at each legal lever that you can pull from a department or agency to try to change behavior. And in some ways, the TikTok is you know, a novel application of law to try to change behavior. In other ways, it seems like the communications around it have been a bit of a mess in terms of what it's trying to stop or not stop but you were saying just in passing there that you don't you think it's the wrong thing for them to be focusing on
1: look across the globe china is asserting itself technologically across the globe whether it's 5g whether it's drones whether it's robotics whether it's ai and here we are arguing about tiktok fine there is i listen i sounded the alarms about the chinese threat a long time ago and it's the you know i don't think i agree with donald trump because i don't think he knows what he's saying so you know i think it's just his latest you know oh today i think i'll talk about you know, that 1619 project from the New York Times as being the biggest threat to American civilization or, or that we aren't saying enough good things about America or that Mount Rushmore, whatever he's saying that they, he just picked upon this like, okay, now it's TikTok. And so that's why this communication around this has been so bad because there's no actual policy idea around here, which is that the Chinese government has enormous power via lots of things. And here is a product that the first real product that is really broken through, in this country, which is, let me just, aside from the Chinese ownership, it's a great product, right? People love it.
0: Actually, let's spend a moment because our users differ. I hope you've enjoyed this sample from the Cyberspace Podcast. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks interested students with a valid.edu email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.